It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Today, we've got the most intriguing things we've seen from Vikings OTAs this week. I'm Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings in my Valley of Despair era. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. I can't wait to find out what Arif Hassan asked Roger Goodell at the league meetings yesterday and when he's going to reinstate Case Kokos back into the league. <laughs> hey, this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. I'm excited to announce my presidential run exclusively on Periscope. Can't wait to hear that. That's all coming up on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota football party. And it starts now. What's up? I'm Sam Ekstrom, and this is the Minnesota Football Party Today Vikings Talk for the next hour. That's Luke Inman. He covers the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota and the draft. He writes the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter. Welcome in, Luke. And the other Luke, Luke Braun, out Cali way, at Luke Braun NFL, Locked On Vikings host, and Arif Hassan, fresh off the league meetings. He's at Arif Hassan NFL for Pro Football Network. Um, Arif, we got to get your report from the owners' meetings. That'll come up shortly. We're going to discuss everything that's come out of Vikings OTAs as we've been hammering throughout the week here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we will do the draft that we neglected last week, the all-former oh, yeah. Vikings team. We will draft teams of active, former Vikings, and we'll explain more about that when we get to it. Ron Johnson makes his Thursday appearance as well. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash Locked On so you can get started today. Arif, we haven't talked to you in a couple days. There have been a lot of reports out of OTAs. You were like next door at the league meetings while we were toiling away. You were probably in some five-star hotel lobby eating little shrimps off of a toothpick. We were toiling away, standing on the practice field under the hot, hot sun. Um, uh, but what have you heard from OTAs? bourgeoisie Arif. Vikings related. That's Arif. That's Arif. He's, he's yeah, big time this. He big timed this on Monday. Didn't show up on the show because he had to go to the owners' <laughs> meetings. We assumed that you were picketing. You were holding a sign that said, save the kickoff return. Save the kickoff return. Uh <laughs> Arif, tell us about your OTA's uh, observations from afar. <laughs> so um, I, it's it's weird to talk about a hotel lobby as like the luxurious part of the hotel. I, I got to say, standing around waiting for owners to come up to talk to you is not like a wonderful experience in the same sense that checking into a five-star hotel is. But 
uh, I will say the food was pretty fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the owners' meetings were uh, relatively productive. I was told this is the first time I've attended a spring meeting. Uh, I was told that this was uh, relatively boring. Obviously, there was the commander sale to take a look at that, um, you know, wasn't going to happen. There just wasn't enough time to review the finances. But, you know, we got reports from multiple owners, uh, Jim Irsay, Jerry Jones, that they were pretty optimistic that that was going to happen. So I think that we're probably going to see that. Remember, the Broncos uh, sale didn't uh, finalize until actually a meeting in Minneapolis, uh, around August 2nd or something like that. It was it was really, really late in into the offseason. Um, but they do want to get it done before the season starts. So that's kind of um, the biggest news. Obviously, there were some rule changes. They discussed two of them, both involving special teams. The kickoff return, I don't you're right. I don't love the rule that they that they passed. And most owners were kind of hesitant about it just because all their coaches told them that, that they hated the rule. All 32 special teams coaches did not like the rule where if somebody decides or elects to fair catch a kickoff from inside the 25, it turns into a touchback to the 25, right? And um, the NFL's model suggests that this will reduce the kickoff return rate from 38%, which, by the way, that statistic matches my numbers, so that it's nice that we're working off the same data, uh, to 31%. So they think that there's actually still going to be a number of returns. Um, I am hesitant about that because now there's no reason not to just boot it at the back of the end zone, right? Because returns have increased as a result of teams kicking it to inside the five, forcing a return, right? But that was their concern, right? Because concussions on kickoff returns have increased over the past couple of years because teams want to force short fields. And so they're forcing uh, kickoff returners to return, just like the Vikings. The Vikings are one of the best in the league at it. So um, that one was kind of interesting. The other one, the actual good rule was was uh, was voted down again, um, which was the uh, replacing uh, a late game fourth quarter onside kick by a trailing team with a play from scrimmage. The Eagles proposed that it would be fourth and 20. You take a look at Sam Schwartzine's uh, data. You know, he runs the XFL stuff. And he says, actually, you know, fourth and 13, statistically, that gets converted just as often as an onside kick does. And so we would propose a fourth and 13. The Eagles kind of want to make the proposal easier to like, let it actually go through. And so they were like, well, fourth and 20, you know, that's a, that's a long shot, right? Was the last time we saw that it was like Ray Rice, who I guess we don't talk about anymore, but you know, it was, it was a while ago, right. That we saw fourth and 20 in critical. Hey, diddle diddle Ray Rice up the middle. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wasn't that Um, the name of the play? Yeah. That's a, that's the bourbon call, right? Yeah. Um, if it's if it's not the Berman call, I'm gonna pretend it is because it's such a <laughs> Bermanism. But um, yeah, like that that was rejected, which is unfortunate. There was like a bunch of other stuff. They announced their DEI program, um, which I am both impressed with and unimpressed with, if that makes sense. It was um, it, it's designed to increase uh, non-white coach participation, increase the number of non-white head coaches, just because you know the, the proportions are a little bit ridiculous. Twelve and a half percent of uh, of NFL head coaches are black. Only two other coaches are uh, non-white. That's Robert Sal and Ron Rivera. Um, and and when compared to the, the 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 pool of labor for coaches, you know that's a uh, that's the player pool essentially, which is about seventy percent black, sixty percent black, depending on which data that you use. It's still you know pretty low. And I'm really impressed with the number of things that they've done with the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship, with the Accelerator Program to increase networking opportunities. Um, you know, all of those kind of work in concert together. The Rooney Rule, which initially was seen as a success and now doesn't seem like as much of a success. All of those kind of work in concert, but it's just not going to solve the fundamental issues that I think are, are behind it. I wrote a piece over at Pro Football Network, but there was a lot of issues covered at the owners meeting. I think those are kind of, you know, the big ones, the commander sale being at the top of it. Um, but yeah, I mean... 
it, it was it was a really casual affair, relatively speaking, with again, very good food. Yeah, uh, Arif, just two quick follow-ups to that. Uh, first of all, as far as the kickoff, I know Sam and I touched on this yesterday. Sounds like Sam and Luke touched on it on Monday. But the XFL low-impact kickoff, do you think maybe they tried this for a year or two and then maybe consider that low-impact kickoff the XFL is using, which sounds like has had great results? And then just the other thing that you mentioned, the acceleration program. I heard Keenan McCardell mention that at the mm-hmm. uh, presser yesterday, Brian there, yeah. Flores as well. Just in a nutshell, what can you tell me about that as far as just the nuts and bolts of that acceleration program? I've started to hear a lot about, you know, in the last week or so. Yeah, sure. So that, that first one um, about the, the XFL kickoff, um, you know, we brought it up. We asked, like, hey, have you considered, like, this other league is doing this thing? They've got a plus 90% return rate. I think last year the XFL had a 97% kickoff return rate, and they had fewer injuries per kickoff return than the NFL does, right? Um, and for people who are unfamiliar, they kick off from the 30-yard line, not the 35-yard line. Uh, and the uh, kickoff coverage unit is lined up five yards ahead of the kicker. The, the uh, blockers for the kickoff return are lined up five yards away from the coverage defenders, uh, and they are not allowed to move until the ball is fielded. Uh, so only the kickoff returner and the kicker can move uh, before, you know, w- once the referee signals the whistle to be ready to kick. So they're five yards away. So there's no running start. That's a big part of why you've got, you know, these kickoff returns. It looks actually a little bit more, it resembles a little bit more of a scrimmage play, like an end around than it does you know, what we consider a classic kickoff return. But, you know, I, I think it's pretty exciting to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they talked about it. They were like, hey, you know, if there's another league out there that's doing something a little bit different, you know, we'll take a look at it, whether it's the XFL, the USFL, uh, the European League of American Football. They brought that up. Uh, and so they're like, if they're doing something different, you know, we'll we'll take a look at it. Our job is to take a look at all the data. You know, a lot of our stuff is modeled off of what the NCAA is doing. So we've got a, a really rich treasure trove of data to work with. But, you know, as the XFL continues, that's something that we'll, we'll bring up. But this was brought up by, by someone at the, I don't know who, by someone at the owner's meeting as a potential resolution. And it sounds like, my guess is, so this, this rule only exists, um, I believe, for this year. Uh, and then they'll regroup and discuss it. And, you know, special teams coaches can continue telling people that this is like an abomination of the concept of special teams, which, you know, fair enough. Um, once that gets discussed, you know, they might decide to, you know, re-implement the rule for another year, but in the preseason experiment with the XFL style kickoff and see how that goes. Uh, and maybe after a couple of experiment years or after one preseason, they'll make a determined because a lot of the rules that we're a little bit concerned about that we don't know how they'll be implemented, they get experimented on in the preseason just like the extra point rule. As for the accelerator program, um, it's it's designed uh, primarily as a networking opportunity for, for coaches of color um, or actually just any coach of a, of a diverse background, which here means not representative of the uh, primary NFL head coach population, which is white and male. So, uh, you know, in theory, um, you know, it would include, you know, gender diversity as well. Although as far as I know, I don't believe any women were included in this year's accelerator program. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the accelerator program is designed to put the the people who are attending. There were forty this year invited. I don't know how many ended up attending. Probably all forty um, in front of owners and executives so that they can talk and discuss. They've got breakfast together. They attend presentations together. The presentations cover stuff like leadership and coaching. They bring in outside experts like academics, um, people from other fields like the military to to have discussions about stuff like leadership and organization and culture building and things like that. But Primarily, it's to make sure that they all get in contact with each other, that they constantly have contact with owners and front office executives, because a lot of NFL hiring comes down to not, you know, whether or not you're a good coach, but who you know, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they connect them with search firms, and so search firms become more familiar mm. with them, right? Because you know NFL teams are using search firms to find head coaches, which I find funny. But you know, <laughs> if so long as they're doing that, you might mm-hmm. as well bring a search program to your networking event. Um, and so there's a formal networking atmosphere. There's an informal networking atmosphere. So the formal one, you know, is designed to to have like one on one time with a number of speed owners. dating. I'm familiar. Yeah, basically. Matt Daniels okay. called it speed dating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's what it is. And then the informal networking structure is like, you know, hey, we're having breakfast together. And sometimes they'll pose football questions and, and, and those are like the topic of discussion. So you get an understanding of how coaches kind of think about the game. If you're an owner or front office executive and, you know, the coaches that you kind of vibe with, you can connect with later um, to, you know, as, as opportunities arise and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, two or three days of of hanging out, I guess, you know, seeing attending presentations and talking about football and talking about leadership and culture building and hanging out with like billionaires and stuff like that. No big deal. Just another Tuesday for a reef. No big deal. (laughs) Was this at the Omni or the four seasons? The Omni. Okay. Did you get to try the restaurant food there? Because I've heard it's Uh, unbelievable. So we did not try the, the restaurant itself, but I suspect that the food service is handled by the restaurant as it is in most hotels. And uh, we had um, a little, like the media room had uh, a a nice spread of food prepared that I assume is from the restaurant and was delicious. So love it. Um, Thanks for the reporter reef. That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. Your first time going to the league meetings, right? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was not able to even go to the annual league meeting in March in Arizona. So this is my first league meeting of any type. That's uh, that's awesome. Thanks for the report. Um, after I tell you about Built Bar, we're going to get Luke Braun's OTA takeaways that he's observed, and we'll go around the horn with that. Uh, let me remind you that Built Bar is the elite of the elite protein bars on the market. They taste great, and they're good for for you 100% real dark chocolate flavors like peanut butter brownie cookies and cream brownie batter puff you say to yourself how could that still be good for me well i promise you the macros match up 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar in these built bars they are healthy and they taste amazing they can help you make healthy snack choices you can go get them at walmart or sam's club in the pharmacy section or the specialty flavors are all available at built.com Walmart, Sam's Club, Built.com. Get some Built Bars today. You can thank me later. All right, let's uh, kick it over to Luke Braun. Last we talked was on Monday, previewing OTAs. Now that we've had about three days of news, of tweets, of videos on the Vikings Twitter account, what have you noticed at Vikings OTAs that caught your eye? I I think the big headline is probably Lewis Seen being a full participant. Um, That's pretty big that i mean otas it's a voluntary thing it's all just installs and it's not full speed practicing with pads or anything like that um and it seems like he's got some kind of like compression sock or some kind of brace on his legs still so there's still some recovery going on but it the fact that he is a full participant is like not necessary right now if there were any concern at all whatsoever they could easily hold him out with very at very little cost which uh, rocks that they aren't doing that. That means that they're very confident in his rehab. Of course, you know, uh, Brian Flores talked about how explosive he is. And everybody who has written a, an OTA piece has talked like, whoa, Lewis Seen flying around the field. That's crazy. Uh, so seeing that explosiveness is pretty great. I think we can get a better sense for where he's at in camp now uh, when we 
when, when things speed up a little bit and we can see exactly what we're going to get out of this kid in year two. Didn't expect to see him at all. And I didn't expect Booth either. The way they both talked to the media, they made it sound like they were taking it really slowly. There were no timelines. And then they were there, both of them, um, in the flesh. I couldn't believe it. So that that was certainly encouraging. Here, here was a takeaway I had. Um, the first three draft picks all look really small. Like Jordan Addison's speed is his <laughs> is his key, and they don't want him to gain to gain weight. We've already talked about that. Like he's that's just who he's going to be. Um, but apparently mm-hmm. he's already got some kind of tweak because he was out there Monday, I believe, and don't was say not that out word. there Tuesday. You're going to freak yeah, out a whole bunch of people who don't know how back can't work. use tweak. Yeah, he's got a malady. How about that? Is that yeah. more additional? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, a 19th century Victorian child, out there. <laughs> which I mean, given his size, you know, right? I mean, he looks like yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not only Addison, who I think we're just going to have to live with that size, but Blackman, especially when he's next to Juwan Williams, who's like a giant. Um, Dude, I but, didn't know you mentioned that yesterday, Sam. I didn't know Juwan Williams was that big. He's that big, huh? Just physically, dude. the eye test. You're saying he just looks... like like as tall as Evans, but thicker. Wow. Wow. Um, But the smallest of the bunch is Jay Ward. Jay Ward is not, I don't think he's playable as a defensive player at that size right now. I just don't know. Like he's so skinny and they want him to gain weight for sure. Like they want 10 pounds on him. And I wonder if it's realistic in one summer for these guys to change their bodies or if that's more of a year two thing, because it's, it's a pretty short amount of time from now to the season. You basically have, you get some weight room time for the next month. Then you're off for six weeks. Um, can you do that now? Maybe not. It might not be something that they can, they can adjust before the season, but I think Jay Ward needs to hit the weight room and the protein shakes big time. Cause he is tiny out there. Guys. Who, who looked skinnier just by the eye test. Was it Jay Ward or Cam Dantzler when he first showed up? Everybody Ooh. called him the needle for a reason, right? Six. I'm just pulling up the <laughs> yeah. combine numbers. Okay. Six two, 188 for Cam Dantzler. Jay Ward actually the exact same weight, 188, but at six one. I get what you're saying, Sam. You get some taller frames like that. 188 at six foot one is not the same 188 at 510 or 511. I could see why he would look pretty lanky and need to be filled out. So that's an interesting note. Yeah, Dantzler's probably the all-time like skinny award. Alexander yeah. Hollins too. I mean, didn't Hollins Bones. weigh literally one fifty? Literally one fifty, I think, because he was like five eight um, and skinny. So, wow. So he, so I don't think he ever hit one five zero, but he was one fifty five officially at some point. Yeah. Um, I know in his like, because he, because he, I think he was like a rookie tryout that made it uh, or something like that. Um, and I think mm. at rookie camp he was like one fifty four or something like that, one fifty three. Yeah, uh, and then he makes it, and then he adds a little bit of weight, but it's like one fifty seven, one fifty nine. His pro stuff, day so. numbers said one sixty five, but you never know what that you, stuff. So are, probably either way, weight. that right, yeah, five, 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 five is the yeah. pro day number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no. Well, I mean, okay. The one thing about Cam Dancer that we never got that I wish we that we that I wish we could have got is what was his weight when he ran the four three eight at the mm-hmm. at at his agent pro day mm-hmm. right because they didn't weigh him in right like that's mm-hmm. the take that was like part of like mm-hmm. the the deception of these like 
COVID specific pro days that people weren't allowed to go to. They didn't weigh him in. So he just got to run whatever he wanted. The issue of course, at the combine is that he put on a bunch of bad weight at 188 to run. He's like four, six or whatever he ran. Right. Um, four, six, four. Yeah. 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 And so I, I kind of want to know what his like, I don't, I don't want to say natural playing weight. I'm sure he actually shed a little bit of weight knowing that they wouldn't weigh him at his own pro day um, to run that fourth weight. But I kind of want to know what his natural weight was. Um, at least as he was coming in as a rookie, but yeah, no one's going to be bones. The the four three eight in retrospect, that had to be bunk. Like that was someone doctoring the stopwatch. There's no way that was real. Oh, a bunch of people did like frame by frame. You don't know draft Twitter, do you, Sam? A bunch of people did mm-hmm. Zapruder film. Yeah, they did frame by frame. So oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, this is close enough. Like, <laughs> like, like the thing with the frame by frame is that when you do it often enough, you realize that there is like a. Um, a lag because it's hand everything is hand time basically right yeah there's a because you're, com- you're not comparing the, it to, right to the and right, so yeah. if you apply the traditional lag to the frame by frame analysis that you do the fourth three eight actually bore out um that part was that the 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 real issue is did he actually run 40 yards is the that's that's hard to talk <laughs> <laughs> Just eyeballing it. Yeah, you could have run oh, 38 man. yards. Who knows? It was man. like the 40 yards you made me run in the snow and ice for my video. That was precise. That, that was, was down to the laser inch, measure. Man. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Sam, can Still you confirm something for me yeah. with yeah. Uh, with OTAs? It sounds to me like Jalen Naylor has surpassed Jalen Rager on the depth chart in terms of who's getting like more run with the first team and stuff. Or is that just that more people have noticed Naylor because he's having a better OTAs? Or is he has he actually uh, leapfrogged Rager in a way that he could he didn't last year? Uh, Naylor was definitely ahead of him and definitely outstanding. Uh, Naylor had the best day offensively of any player in the practice that we watched and it was only one practice, but he, uh, he was the wide receiver two in all two wide receiver sets. And then Rager joined in three wide receiver sets and did some jet sweep stuff. But Naylor probably caught six balls like in a 20 minute session. And a couple of them were really nice. Uh, looked good. I, th- I think that, I think that he was wide receiver because it's no, there's no Jefferson, no Addison. So he was wide receiver too. And I thought he looked the part. Inside linebackers coach Mike Saravo talked to the media yesterday, said that Asamoah is a, quote, chess piece, and they like him because he can play man really well. So there's a little uh, a little something to salivate over with Brian Asamoah, who's, who's, you're right, super important at a thin position group. Not a lot going on there at inside linebacker. Um, I want to get to this draft before Ron Johnson, so why don't we dive into our all Former Vikings, Arif, you just had a look of exasperation. I just, I've I've heard chess piece from defensive players so often, and <laughs> to me that that reeks of Isaiah Simmons type talk. I, just, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What kind of chess piece are you? Are you a, are you a J- rook? A, are you a pawn? J- Jaron Curse. <laughs> what are we doing? Chess piece, man. I don't right. know. Bishop. He can only move diagonally. <laughs> like I I would I would be much more comfortable if the linebackers coach said, "Yeah, he is a linebacker." I'd be like, "Yeah, I right. can, I can dig that." Right. Chess piece, man, right. it's football. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, that's a, you a know, weird to metaphor. That point, like, actually, the whole uh, point uh, of chess pieces is that they all only have one move. 
Well, unless you're a queen, but okay. no one's going to be calling yeah. a football player a queen, right? Like that's that seems unlikely. Yeah. Kind of a big no-no um, no in the locker right. room. I, I I think that uh, <laughs> Brian Flores right. mentioned yesterday. Chess are famously limited in their moves, <laughs> <laughs> right? Brian Flores mentioned yesterday in the presser. He was asked Very about guys with versatility. He said, "You know what? We got to slow that approach down. We just want these guys to get really good at one thing first. Great. Before we start getting into, Great. all right, this guy. Because so much emphasis, especially on the defensive side of the ball this year in the draft, was guys who can move around. These chess pieces, they got versatility. Flores, I'm not going to say like put that to bed by any means, but he's like, let's pump the brakes on that. We're trying to get these guys really good at one thing first and foremost. So you think about a guy like Jay Ward, for example, and guys that are going to be asked to, let's just master one craft and skill set first at one position before we start moving these guys around. And I'm yeah. not like 100% objecting to the concept of a versatile defensive player. Like I of get course. it, right? But, like it just I've I've seen it a ton. Brian Esmo played well last year, so I wanted to bag on him too much. But like you could end up with like an Antoine Winfield, right? With Jay Ward, you could mm-hmm. end up with like a Tyron Matthew in that role. Uh, you could end up with like when um, who's that Cowboys linebacker who was never healthy? Jalen Smith. You could mm-hmm. end up with a Jalen Smith when he was good um, and healthy. Like you could, or Anthony Barr even in 2016, you could end up with versatile linebackers that are good. It's just like, I am tired of hearing chess piece because it just really feels like we don't know what to do with him is very often the reality of it. I'm excited for them to describe Troy Dye as a pawn who moves slowly and only in one direction. Not but initially can move twice. That's important. <laughs> yeah, his, his get off. His get off <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> But he's not you know, good you know, at recovering. To, uh, Troy Dye when Ampassant's on the table. It's <laughs> uh chess term. Um, all right. <laughs> We're doing our all former Vikings offensive draft. Uh reminder too that Sirius XM is our new partner, Locked On Sports Minnesota's programming, available on the SXM app, as are all the local hometown broadcasts, like the Twins games. You can hear their series with Toronto start tomorrow night, 7 10 p.m. Search Twins on the SXM app. Here are the ground rules for the draft. We are selecting a team of former Vikings on offense that are still active in the NFL. Current free agents do count. So if they played last year and are a free agent like Teddy, that is still acceptable to draft them. If they've been out of the league for more than a year, that is not acceptable. Uh, I've got a QB, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex spot because I knew Luke Inman would ask about a flex spot. Um, I put some suggestions in the doc, but that is not gospel. You can also um, add your own that are not on the list. Let's share the screen so that people can watch along on YouTube. And we're off. Why don't we start with... uh, Let's go with Luke Inman because he's right next to me on the screen. Luke, kick us off, man. Uh, You know, I say this every time. Some of these drafts, having the number one overall pick is a huge advantage. Sometimes it's not. I think this draft, it's a huge advantage. Stephon Diggs has to be my number one pick. Clear number one, right? Not even Mm -hmm. close. Not even close. 100%. Still in his prime. Mm -hmm. Elite. Um, Arif Hassan, pick number two. Oh, wait. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset's out there? (sighs) Oh, God. Luke. (laughs) Luke. (laughs) <laughs> huge oversight uh, uh yeah this is pretty tough what Diggs is <laughs> um let's see i th- i think i can i can meme my way into this one i'm not gonna try and win this one uh let's go for daryl yeah that's a good pick that's a fan favorite yeah ron 
Uh, guess I'll take Thielen then. I did not think I thought Diggs and Thielen were going one too easy, but yeah, nope. I guess I'll, I'll take Thielen. <laughs> nope. A whole different sure. strategy. All right, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I've we're going I've full left, Mike Mayock. Uh, I love it. <laughs> well, I'm left. I got to think of another wide receiver because I'm not going ISM. Uh, I'm going to go off the board. I'm not. I'm not going to go wide receiver here. Let's go with. Uh, let's go quarterback. Let's get. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I think. I think Heineke is has had maybe the best like post Vikings career. Hey, Kellen Mond's available too. I mean, you didn't write him down, but Kellen Mond's out there. <laughs> Kellen Mond, active employed NFL quarterback. All right. Hey. We'll go, we'll go Teddy for the, for the nostalgia. Cleveland Brown, Kellen Mond. Teddy B. Uh, and I get the turnaround here. Uh, I think I deserve that because I oh, didn't yeah. get any of the good receivers. Um, <laughs> I think I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at running back, I'm going to, and I think running back's kind of a rich position here. We could go Abdullah, Latavius, but I'm going to go Jarek McKinnon. Oh, come yeah, on. Good pick. I think we're all looking at him, right? Rim. Yeah, good pick. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. <sighs> all right, back to Luke Braun. Boy, there is a lot of scarcity at quarterback. I guess I will take the one who has been a starter on purpose in uh, Taylor Heineke. Starter on purpose. Case Keenum was definitely. Boy, a I don't want to look at the podcast subscriptions of my team. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they they might they might have tuned into that Twitter space. Your Facebook likes. <laughs> yeah, the Facebook likes are going to be concerning. Please do not look into it. I put Keenum in for you, Arif. Absolutely not. All right. Uh, I'm I'm trying to build the funniest team possible. Is the thing right? Um, mm-hmm. Ah, yes. And unfortunately, I ah, can't. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think Moritz Boringer is even in the United States right now. So I, I certainly could not pick him. <laughs> Give him a call. <laughs> on a flight. Take the red eye over, will you, bud? Um, but Sam, are you sure we need two wide receiver spots in this? Dude, I don't draft? know how you expect us All to right. fill these out here. This is wild. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm we're killing it. We're killing the wide receiver spot. Because you're right, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. You got to flex. All right, perfect. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, he'll be there for me in the flex. All the picks I want will be there for me in the flex. I just got to make a bad pick and be comfortable with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love this mindset. Spoken like a true champion, by the way. The guy that wins every draft that we do. We're, we're not winning this one, boys. <laughs> Uh, let's go. Let's go. This is like the producer. Like sushi. Let's go. Let's go. Raw like sushi. Oh baby. Yeah. Who's that? Zach Davidson. Come Zach on. Davidson, baby. Okay. <laughs> Good pick. Good pick. What a core. What a nucleus this guy's building. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have picked Nick Muse, but he is still technically on the Vikings. True. True. Uh, yep. Can I pick Dalvin Cook? I mean. We all know we, no. we get it, right? No, we all get it. <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> we, cap we all space. get it. We get it. <laughs> um, all right. Give me uh Tyler Conklin, I guess. And then um Minneapolis Miracle. The connection. The boys are back. Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs. Lock it up. <laughs> boys are back. Boys Keenum are back and Conklin. Town. 
All I right. Like and with that, every quarterback that's worth a darn. No, he already told gone. he already told us what he's he's gonna take Kellen Mond. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's already written in the stars. <laughs> you know I, how I have another option at this with, point? You know how I, I don't I know if we have my, another I option. show with how depressed I am. I feel like Kellen Mond Wait. encapsulates that, right? No, Luke, don't say it. Don't I know who Arif should take it. Don't say it. Don't say it. John Mannion? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, okay. We are, we're going to save that. Yeah, that Luke, also you be better funny. not Bogart be on this one. We're going to save it. Uh, Luke's going to draft him for his flex yep. if you don't take him right now. Ah, you, oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll say it. I'll say it. Case Cook is. Case Cook is, is the quarterback. Wow. <laughs> is he on a team? Uh, he's a free agent. Okay. Uh, he's, I'll give it to you. He's he's on a team? Yeah. An yeah, NFL he, team? No. <laughs> he he just cried out. Okay? Good enough for me. Case Cook is to the brand. Makes sense. Very loyal. I respect it. All right. Uh, Ron. Figured it out. All right. <laughs> All right, wink, wink. So I'm I'm looking at oh, tight end. Wow. But there's. <laughs> well, do I have to lean into it now? I don't know if I can. Uh, I'm looking at the tight ends, but I know I'll be able to get one on the way back because Sam can only take one of them, and there's two that I would be fine with here. I'll say, uh, you can take so a flex. I'll go. I'll I'll grab a running back. Um, let's, uh, let's get on the, no, you know what? I'm going to take Mike Boone. You're about to say, let's get on the L train, weren't you? Yeah. I was going to say, let's get on the Tay train, but I decided against, it. I decided, let's go with Mike Boone. I'll never give up. That I sucks. Mike Boone. That was going to be my pick. If you didn't force my hand, you know, I'm actually going to go, um, I'm going to flex cause I, I want Latavius. So I'm going to get Latavius as a flex. And then I'm going to roll oh, 2017 with, uh, duo. Yeah. Yeah. Get the gang back together. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I feel like the legacy of Rudolph wins out over the unfulfilled potential of Irv Smith. So I'm going to go with Rudy. He played last year. So that would count. He hasn't retired. As you a filed the paper. With the books? I know who I'm going to take. In the flex, you know who hasn't filed their retirement paperwork yet? Adrian no way. Peterson. No way. Okay, I'm going to. Oh there was God. just a story on Around the NFL. No way. Just a story wow. on Around the NFL literally this week that he has Great not pick. yet filed his retirement now, paperwork. Wait, and hold on. Hold on. To a we, did, we did establish We did establish that they had to have played last year. They could not have been out of the league last year. Oh, that was oh, said they had beforehand. to have played last year? They had to have been on oh, a team. I missed that yep. part. On a team. Yeah. Dang it. Let's oh, take a look. Let's right. take a look. Nope, not on a team last year. 2021 was his yeah, last he was a free agent since. Yeah, he was he was oh. a free agent. Oh, he I was not, he was boxing Very good last try. Year. Very right. good yeah. try. Good try. I mean, I would have allowed All it. right, I'll take Irv Smith then. <clears throat> Sam, that's so rough. That would have been so good. Yeah, Potentially you great. in for Kari Blasson game. Okay. Uh, that's clearly one of my... You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying well, to figure just out. Let him have. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Kari blasting him, and I'm gonna have to figure out who is appropriate for my flex. Mm-hmm. This is tough. All right, I'll take. Uh, give me Abdullah, and then I'm gonna take as my flex because he gets me points. He scores points for my offense. He scores points. I'm gonna take Daniel. Mm-hmm. 
Carlson. Oh boy, that's gonna come okay. on. We what do you mean? Don't no start way. with me. Chess pieces, rooks, queens, pawns. Okay, vote. Get out of here. Show of hands. Show of hands. Who? Oh. Luke cannot vote. Who allows this pick in an offensive draft? Who allows this is awesome. <laughs> it's an offense draft. He okay. scores points. That's not Arif how that works. Arif and I vote, voted no. So sorry. The the majority, the majority says no. I tried, Luke. It's weak, weak sauce. Thank you, Luke. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Luke. All right, all right, all right. Good job, Luke. Thanks, Luke. All right, uh, D.D. Westbrook. He played last year. That's a uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For sure. Uh, wait a minute. Do I want D.D. ISN? Yeah. D.D. did not play last year. He no did way. not. Nope. Where's Ola BC no, nowadays? Was, he was on the Green Bay Packers practice squad. Where's Ola BC nowadays? Oh, hey, that's a good one. I would definitely allow. I would. I would, I would allow Westbrook then if he was on a practice squad. Yeah. Give me. Give me Ola BC. Yeah, BC was on. He is the a Vikings current free last agent. Year. I don't know if he counts as played last year because he was like on IR. It's a different situation than just we'll counting. I think that would. I think that would count. I think it's more about Ross being it rostered. A, yeah, it was rostered. Yeah already tough enough as is we're digging deep here in the yeah, world not a lot of yeah. options oh yeah. yeah so luke's got his team arif i'm just trying to see if there's a funnier pick this one's kind of funny but i want to <laughs> see if there's a funnier pick uh i don't think so i think i have to go uh, amir smith marset dude i have i have a phenomenal what? special teams unit yeah, this is phenomenal. <laughs> uh, if you could have added Daniel Carlson, it would have been elite, elite, elite special teams. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of cosmetics here real quick. Sam, can you move Irv Smith to my flex? I, for some sure. reason, I just feel like people are going to vote differently if it looks like I prioritize Michael. <laughs> that is higher. hilarious. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> People are just real mad at Irv Smith for getting hurt, you know, which is real That's fair so and funny. good to him. Mm -hmm. uh, but Michael Pruitt, I believe, still chief, yeah? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falcons, nice. I think. That's a good one. That's a great one. He's not. He was on the Falcons goal. last year. I don't know where he is Michael. now. He was on the Falcons the Falcon. last year. Other red team. Yeah. That's good. Or no, like current that. free agent, but on the Falcons last year. Yeah. We could bring him back. Hey. Anything's now I'm looking up all these names. Where's Chad Beebe? Is he done? David Morgan? They're just gone? Morgan no retired. Last, David last Morgan year. retired. Yeah. BB, um, I don't know. BB is technically a free agent, and he was on the Houston Texans practice squad. Oh, that's so right. He would yeah. count. Good call. Yeah, that would do it. Mm -hmm. Need a wide well, receiver. That's my guy Sam. then. That's got to be my guy. Better than that's better than Westbrook. That was really hard. Um, BB Bar is that is that better than Westbrook? Oh yeah, from a lovable like what did westbrook do ever bb like uh, he caught was passes the... in the nfl during the regular season that counts right chad bb had a 200 <laughs> yard season a reef how can you overlook that? <laughs> did he do better as a viking no he did not do better as a viking than chad bb he got 68 yards didn't bb catch like a go-ahead game winning touchdown Chad Beebe had yeah, a to save a game that he miracle. almost lost. That's right, because of the muff, <laughs> yeah. muff punt. The, oh, the right. Panthers yeah, game, yeah. he like muffed a punt, almost lost the game, and then caught the game-winning touchdown in an act of late right. heroism. Do you remember awesome. his, his Minneapolis miracle touchdown before halftime against the Lions in uh, 
like week 17 meaningless game? No. He No. It was he caught the ball on the sideline and like made a guy miss as time was expiring in the meaningless week like last game of the year against Detroit. No one remembers this? No, but I looked up this box score of the Panthers no. game. 46 seconds left, 10-yard pass from Kirk Cousins, down six to go up one. Dan Bailey with the kick to beat the Panthers by one point. That's great. November 29th, 2020. That was the game where... Week um, 12. Who was the defensive back for Carolina who had two consecutive Jeremy scooping Chin? scores? Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin. Just a stud. That was his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. Let's zoom in people a closer look at the team we'll put this on twitter yeah shane zilstra will have to be a udfa he's uh left out in the cold wow that game was versus teddy bridgewater i forgot he was on the panthers for a hot second oh yeah oh yeah huh dalvin got hurt in that game um thielen was gone yeah no thielen he was sick yep Uh, Ron Johnson about to join us here on the Minnesota Football Party for his weekly Thursday appearance. He is at 3RonJohnson on Twitter. He's the host of the Ron Johnson Show, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, roundtable on Friday. Uh, It's been a big week in the Ron Johnson Show as well. Bernard Berrien joined us yesterday for an extended chat. I'm serious, guys. Stories about, like, think of the star power that he encountered. Devin Hester, Randy Moss, Brett Favre, Percy Harvin, AP, Adrian Peterson, anecdotes about all of them. It's a great interview. Check that out. Bernard Berrien, Ron Johnson show guest. That was Tuesday's episode. Find it on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota feed. Ron I can Johnson. vouch for that, Sam. I actually watched it yesterday afternoon. The stories about Percy Harvin alone are worth the watch. It was outstanding. Great stuff by Ron, and Bernard Berrien was just awesome. Ron joins us now. Ron, we're just talking about the Bernard Berrien interview. There were so many good anecdotes. Uh, What was the one thing that stood out to you from that Bernard interview? Uh, Well, I mean, B. Twice and I were teammates with the Bears, so uh, he's always been that kind of sneaky, funny guy. Like, you don't expect him to have funny stuff to say or, or, or jokes, and uh, he has them. And so I think the biggest thing that stood out to me, honestly, was his comment about him coming into the NFL and his value was upped being the kick returner. And the fact that now the NFL is trying to take that out of the game, uh, he, you know, he probably wouldn't have been a third round pick. You know, he would have been a fifth, sixth round pick as a receiver because that's all they would have needed. Whereas, you know, a kid running four, four, they're like, man, this kid can return kicks for us and play receiver hey, we got to go get him in the third round out of Fresno State. So that's one thing that I really thought about because I'm thinking about, you know, and then he said about Devin Hester, you know, how Devin Hester, uh, you know, whenever they knew he was going to touch the ball, it was something like everybody was up. Brian Erlacher, no matter who you were on the team, when it was punt or kickoff, Devin Hester was back there. Everybody was out of their seats because they were like, man, he's about to do something special. So uh, I think that was cool to hear as well. But, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the NFL takes to this whole kickoff thing because it's, it's going to get uh, it's going to get wacky with some of these players like waving off their coach like a like a, a pitcher not wanting to throw a curveball like, nah, 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 I'm returning this. Forget the fair catch. It felt like Devin Hester returned half of it. it punts against the Vikings because they just they couldn't keep it away from him at Soldier Field for a couple of years there. I think mathematically Chris Cluey, kick it out of bounds. Chris Cluey, what are you doing? Like I I think he half his touchdowns did actually come against the Vikings. Like I (laughs) I don't think that that's like just a meme. 
Yeah, very well might have. Uh, so check that out on the, the Lockdown Sports Minnesota feed. Uh, Ron, what are OTAs like? I mean, we, we've asked you kind of about, about the process of this offseason before, but mm-hmm. uh, is it, would you say it's mostly classroom? Like, is that where you do most of your learning versus on the field? No, I mean, you, 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 cause your book now, and it's way different now than it was then. Um, so now what I'm hearing, it's a lot of, uh, you know, I actually have one. Uh, let's see. Oh. So it's a lot of this. <laughs> and I got one of these. I got the, I got the tablet, the Vikings official, Look at that. uh, Microsoft Ooh. surface. So, uh, one of the benefits of being on the Vikings broadcast, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, I get uh, some of the the, the the gifts. And so thank you to Microsoft for the, the free uh, surface. Uh, and, and so when I walk into the building, you know, like they have the password set for me. I have the access to see it. And so I can get, you know, I can go on the NFL app and I can get the film. And get the coaches film, uh, but the surface, and this is not a, 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 a ad uh, because the iPad does it as well. Um, I know guys have iPads as well, but <laughs> <laughs> the Surface has a little handy dandy pencil, pen not an thing, ad, not an ad uh, that you can kind of work around. And so now, when I played, it was like a notebook. It was pieces of paper. It was handwritten notes. And now it's electronic. Players are making notes in their tablet. They're making notes on their iPad because we know iPads have notes. We know the Microsoft Surface has a writing utensil tool. Um, but it's a lot of that on your own. I mean, honestly, coaches aren't spending five hours with these players, and you're not going to get the playbook in one hour of sitting in a classroom watching film. I think the biggest thing for OTAs is, is, is gelling with your, your quarterback as a receiver. Uh, learning your position on the field. I was more of an on-the-field learner than I was a visual learner. Like, the classroom for me was boring. Um, It was getting on the field and actually doing it because you can see it full speed. So I think OTAs, honestly, because a lot of people bring this up. Like, why don't these guys do OTAs? Why don't these guys – some guys don't need to do it because visually they have it. Uh, Cerebrally, they have that relationship with that player, whether it's Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson. They have it built. They don't, you know, it's not a big deal. That's why Aaron Rodgers didn't go to OTAs with the Packers. Now he's going because he doesn't know these Jets guys and he needs to get to know them. Um, and, and so I think that's what OTAs is about. OTAs is about. It's about on the field, hanging out with your teammates, having fun, because you're not going full speed unless you're Adrian Peterson because everybody else is, you know, going kind of going half speed sometimes. And as Bernard pointed out, AP, even in flip-flops, is going to run a 4-5. Um, and so I think that's the key to the OTAs. It, it's the gelling on the field. Because uh, even though it's walk-through pace sometimes, three-quarter speed, there is some full speed, one-on-one, seven-on-seven stuff. Uh, it, it's about learning the offense. And then for the coaches, a guy like Jalen Naylor, for instance, it's a chance to see a guy like Jalen Naylor full speed in this offense to say, hey, where does he fit in? What can we do with him? I keep looking at the name Van Jefferson for the Rams. I feel like that's an easy spot for Jalen Naylor to take on. The outside deep post guy when Justin Jefferson has the deep over. Uh, the vertical go down the scene when TJ Hawkinson has the inside or the uh, outside uh, dig route at about 15 yards. You send Jalen Naylor up the up the scene. If that safety is worried about TJ Hawkinson, boom. You use that 4-3-4-4 speed and you throw it over the top to Jalen Naylor. Now the question is, is he going to make the play? And I think that's going to be the key for him during OTAs. But I think that's what it's more about. It's about the camaraderie, uh, getting to know your teammates, especially the new guys like a Byron Murphy Jr., getting to know the other defensive guys. And uh, that's kind of the key. Yeah, hashtag chemistry. So they got the OTAs going on for the next few weeks, then mandatory minicamp June 13th and 14th. 
but then you always got this little four or five week break, right? Mm -hmm. Is that just as a former player, just in general, players' mindsets, do they view that last little break as one last opportunity to go take the family on vacation or just kind of relax mentally because they know once training camp starts that first day for the next six months, they're going to live, eat, breathe football. And that's going to be it. That's their life. So how do you kind of view that just in general players' mindsets that they always say, all right, everybody's getting out of Dodge here for these next four or five weeks? Or was it maybe just kind of depends on the player? Like if you're a bubble guy, no, I got to stick around. I got to work out, do the two-a-days and things like that. No, there's not much to do around the facility if the coaches don't have it set. So you, you're looking to find players that you want to work out with. If it's Kirk Cousins, maybe some guys want to throw. Uh, but yeah, you're going to have a lot of football in June or sorry, in July and August. So in September for sure, but July, August, they know it's coming. So the goal is to go into that healthy. Like, don't do anything crazy. Don't go get on the motorcycle. Don't go uh, parasailing uh, without an instructor. You know, all that kind of crazy stuff that people like to try to do in the offseason. It's a normal uh, thing to do, yeah. No, I yeah, it. you know, like, you know, parachuting, you know, off of a off of a cliff. You know, just don't, yeah. don't, don't go base jumping. Well, did uh, you have an instructor? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't get the instructor, though. <laughs> ah, you idiot. You're cut. Uh, this is a great time to golf. Get all your golfing out the way. Work out in the morning. Uh, golf or work out in the afternoon. Like, uh, I forgot who said it. Um, oh, Santana Moss. He was talking about how the Miami guys uh, and Edron James. Well, that was the one. Edron James would say, look, we would work out whenever. Like, if it was 4 a.m., 5 a.m., we work out. If it was 10 p.m., we work out. We were going to work out when we got it. We weren't planning on, like, oh, we got to get it in at 6 a.m., He's like, man, a 10 p.m. workout is the same as a 6 a.m. workout. Like, it doesn't matter. Just get your workout in. I think that's the other key for the players, too. Don't don't be so structured that you're mentally thrown off with your offseason because, oh, I didn't get my 6 a.m. workout in. It's not going to be a great day. Man, who cares? Like, relax. Because you're going to have a schedule and a calendar soon enough that you're going to be like, oh, where am I supposed to be? What time is it? Where am I, where, where am I at? And that's what camp is about because you really forget sometimes where you're at, what time of day it is, and what's next. You're just used to alarm, I'm out there, and then the coaches have me until they send me home to my hotel. And so I tell you, this, this four- to five-week break is actually uh, for no matter who you are from the top to the bottom, you can't make the roster in this four- to five-weeks. You, you can get cut, though, in this four- to five-weeks by doing something stupid in the media, drunk driving, uh, flashing a gun on Instagram. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do in this four to five weeks to get cut, but it's nothing in this four to five weeks is going to help you make the team besides just working out, staying healthy, and getting that playbook, getting that tablet, uh, watch some film, understand every, especially for receivers, understand every single position, X, Y, Z, W, R, H, and understand them all because – if you happen to be the R in the backfield like Justin Jefferson, maybe if you're Jalen Naylor, you're like, hey, coach, I can run the Texas route from the backfield, man. Like, I, I know that. I know Justin Jefferson. You know, that's that's what you want to be. You want to know it all. You don't want to just know your position. So I think that's what this four to five weeks is about. Rest, learn, and don't end up on ESPN for something stupid. Ron, you had on your show something about Jordan Addison and Kirk Cousins and building chemistry. And, you know, if you figure, hey, if they, like, work out together this summer and they mm -hmm. try to build that chemistry – how does that work? Like, how do you build chemistry with a quarterback and wide receiver working out together? Like that word gets thrown around all the time. Like, what does that mm -hmm. mean? 
Yeah, we have Pierre, Pierre Garçon on the show, and Roy Hall also played for the Colts, and, and two guys I coached uh, for two seasons there. And the one thing I noticed every offseason, those two offseasons I was there with the Colts, is Peyton Manning, no matter who you were, he was going to spend time with you. And Pierre, like that's why I, I tell these stories, but then I love getting the players on to tell it, like Santana Moss in the helicopter. You know, nobody would believe me. Like if I say, oh, man, Snyder showed up in a helicopter to practice and, and, and called over the quarterback and, and the tight ends to come meet his friends. And Santana Moss came on the show. I was like, yeah, that happened. But it only happened four times. So I was like, oh, okay, wow. I was lucky. I was lucky. One of the lucky days. I was at practice, you know, lucky years. Sorry, I was at practice that the helicopter showed up. Only four times. <laughs> only four times did, that, did he I, land the helicopter. I guess if you're willing to field. helicopter into practice, like, I guess if you're willing to, you're not going to do that once. Right. I mean, he did it four times. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't like an every month thing where he was just showing up in the chopper. Like, hey, hey, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper now. <laughs> We're going to leave. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> it's going to be an apocalypse. I got to take the, I got to take my franchise players only. Sorry, the rest of you got to deal with the, the rest of you got to deal with the zombies on your own. <laughs> like that'd be a great question for an owner. Like if you had your chopper, your private jet, and you knew an apocalypse was coming to your city. What players for your team are getting on the jet? <laughs> players are fitting in. You get jet. twelve. There's twelve. It's a twelve seater jet. You yeah. get eleven players. What? Like, are you taking your starting offense or your starting defense? Or are you gonna mix? Like, I would. Oh man, I got to get Mark Wilkes here. I got Mark Wilkes number yeah, on my phone right? too. I got to yeah. text him. I got to see yeah. if he who goes to the boundary that. waters. I'm taking them. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kirk. You can't cook when everything is prepared for you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but but like, imagine that though. Like, imagine you're 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 down to your last two selections and sitting out there like Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. Like, as an owner, like, are you like, you know what? I don't need a quarterback. I need this receiver. I mean, come on, that's right, an apocalypse. Yeah. You're, not, like, you're not building a team in the apocalypse. <laughs> you're you're building a survival strategy. That might be our show Friday, Sam. We might need to do it. Uh, uh, Eleven Vikings players. <laughs> you <laughs> you take, you on take your... <laughs> on your helicopter. Uh, what starting lineup to battle the zombies? Yep. What what yep. eleven players are you yeah. taking on on the jet with Remember, you if, to if, save? If you're taking like a bunch of six six linemen, you got to feed them too. So it's, there's Correct. a push and pull, and you got to have extra fuel. So who knows how far you're going to make it? Right. But, yeah. but anyway, so like the story's told. It's so <laughs> going back to Pierre Garcon's comment. Uh, Peyton Manning woke up every day, and he not every day. Sorry, every every like couple of days, and he would reach out to the receivers and say, "Hey, I need this guy and this guy and this guy at six a.m. at the facility." And uh, that that was his kind of regiment in the summer. And that, and you're talking about this time where no, none of the coaches really can do anything because we weren't doing it. We were just there watching film, but we would see Peyton's car in the parking lot at 5.55 in the morning. Uh, we'd see Pierre or Reggie Wayne or somebody pull up in the morning. Um, and, and so what he was doing was that was his time to learn them, to get to know them, uh, to watch them run routes over and over. That's why he didn't say, hey, everybody come because he can't learn a guy with 10 receivers out there. You know what I mean? Because everybody wants Peyton Manning to throw the ball. Um, almost had a Charles Barkley moment there. I was about to say everybody wants a Peyton Manning ball. And I was like, or, you know, or, or yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't going to be good. I caught myself. So that's, that's the chemistry thing. So, so back to that. That's the chemistry way. So for Jordan Addison and Kirk Cousins, one, you're the first-round draft pick. You know you're going to be here. Uh, his offseason goal should be reaching out to Kirk, 
finding out is he going back to Orlando for four or five weeks uh, and then saying, hey, look, man, I'm going to fly down for two or three weeks and, and just hang out. One, it's Orlando. Come on now, Jordan. You can be on the beach, running in the sand. You can go to Disney for a little bit. But every day you can get up with Kirk and throw and work out. And I think that's kind of that chemistry is built because now Kirk understands Jordan as he knows how he runs route. He knows where he likes the ball. Vice versa, Jordan Addison knows, okay, this is where Kirk's ball comes. This is how his deep ball goes. This is how he throws his outs and comebacks. Uh, you know, all of that little stuff for a receiver, when you're comfortable with your quarterback and you know where it's going to be, you know how to run the route and where to look even. Because a lot of guys, like if you know this quarterback sucks, when you run a comeback, you're looking everywhere because that ball could be anywhere. But when you know your quarterback is throwing it on a dime and he's going to keep it in front of you, you know coming out, man, I got I to gotta haul ass back to the sideline because every single time he's throwing me on the comeback back to the sideline, he's not throwing it inside where he can get picked off. And that's all the little things that those two can learn of each other. But that's that's the chemistry. But again, the chemistry grows further when Justin Jefferson's there because then it's like, what does that relationship look like? You know, is it, you know, Justin, 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 then Jordan, or is it? Justin and Jordan is it the J and J show like there there's going to be I think a learning curve there but that's that four to five weeks to get that chemistry built yeah I wanted to ask about and by the way I looked it up it's every third point that Devin Hester scored was against the Vikings so that's that's nice Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but three times as many points as he scored against the Vikings than either the Packers or the Lions so it's not just a division thing um so I wanted to ask Um, about uh the the notepad versus like the the surface or the ipad you know Mm -hmm. it's not um for me it was it's really just a question of like i'm so technologically connected right i Mm -hmm. love i've got like multiple screens up i love like the latest app i love getting the the latest device i always overspend on on devices but for learning i learn better when i'm writing down on paper than if Mm -hmm. i'm writing on my phone or writing on an ipad i'm better at learning if i'm reading out of something paper than if I am on a tablet. And I want to know if, especially because like players have, have built them, learned in a different environment than I have, right? I'm 34 now, right? The players that are coming in um, may have spent their entire life learning on a tablet. But I want to know if that is a challenge for players when, when now everything is electronic and your brain isn't really quite ready to process that the exact same way like you said you like learning on the field a little bit more Mm -hmm. and and there are certainly some players that'll do that i wonder if the the number of players that learn on the field is maybe a little bit higher now than it was before i'm just really curious about this because it's so hard to learn using a tablet yeah i mean and it's the thing i still have this too like and, and i've seen players walk around the facility they still have these like paper's not going away paper always wins unless it's scissors but other than that Paper is still king. <laughs> Come on, rock, man. rock has no chance. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. <laughs> How do you live with yourself? But when you think about, <laughs> <laughs> paper still wins. Less than scissors. Um, paper still, paper is still a. <laughs> Paper's still a big deal, and this is why, too. Um, and I, again, and I say this, I see players because I, I see, you know, the meetings when they're walking around. I can see, like, on the screen, like, hey, this is where you're supposed to be. Here's your schedule. Because we'll be in the VN room doing our stuff, and then, you know, we'll see players walk by, whether they're going out to the field or they're going. And, and, and paper still works for guys. And the reason being is you're right. Some guys can't type fast. Like, I know this thing has a, a, a keyboard, and you can set it up like a little computer, and you can type. Uh, the iPad, same thing. It has, like, a little keyboard. 
Some guys don't type fast. They write faster than they type. So I think that's the other part of it, too. It is still – people are still writing down notes. You're still – and then drawing plays. Nothing against either. But drawing plays, if you're quick drawing, just trying to get an idea, it's easy to quick draw, like what coach is saying on the screen on a notepad. So you still see players, especially Kirk Cousins, but you still see players with their notebooks because they still know they have to take notes. They still have pens. Uh, so that's not out of the way. The, the the thing I say about the tablet, the thing that's cool about it, what we did not have, we had, and I still like looking in a, this thing in front of me where where my little office stand is. I still have DVDs in there that have games on it. Like, that's how I grew up. I grew up, you had to go to the facility, get the DVD on Tuesday for the T or Monday, whichever day you went, Monday or Tuesday, because those are your days off, and get the like game week DVDs. So you had like Bengals defense, Bengals defense versus Blitz, you know, or sorry, Bengals defense uh, with Blitz, you know. Mm-hmm. Bengals, you know, hot route options with, uh, you know, TN splits and all like everything like you had all that tn twist stuff on like everything was broken down because the dvds and we know this they weren't unlimited so it wasn't like you could just load up everything on one dvd you had to like split it up and burn it and then they made a bunch of copies and they wrote players names down on it and they that's how they knew who didn't pick their dvd up you know like hey i still got your you know you guys haven't gotten your dvds this week what's going on um and then you know guys like ray lewis oh coach don't worry i i I got it i'll get it wednesday um but that's that's the key for this is like we had DVDs. These players now can get stuff sent to their iPad right after practice. Hey, boom, it's uploaded in the cloud. Boom, they can turn it on and say, oh, coach wants us to watch this film. Oh, okay, it's, it's Rams versus whatever in the Super Bowl. Watch these seven plays. These are some things we're going to do next year. Or, or, sorry, this week. You know, So that's that's why that's kind of king. But paper is always going to be there. Paper doesn't go away. Um, I think players still, and P.J. Fleck says this, another P.J. Fleckism. He taught player. He was a what? I don't know. Middle school or, or elementary school teacher. Yeah. He had to find ways to teach thirty different kids thirty different ways. That doesn't go away in football either. Like yeah, if I'm a receivers good. coach and I have twelve receivers, I know how each and, and and Sam. You know, again, I didn't know I did it this way, but you heard Roy Roy, Roy Hall say that. Like mm-hmm. Roy Hall was not a top player for the coach. Roy Hall was a draft pick for the Ohio State Buckeyes, but he wasn't a t- he wasn't Reggie, he wasn't Marvin, he wasn't Pierre, and he wasn't uh, Gonzalez. But when I got to the facility, no matter like I remember playing the Washington football team, they had a different name back then. But I remember talking to Roy about, look, man, these are some plays that you can really have an opportunity in this game to make. And 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 I didn't know this, but Roy said it on the show. Man, I, when I got to the facility, like I was excited to see you because I knew that you would talk to all of us. And so I did it innately, maybe because I was the Roy, like I was the third, fourth receiver on the team with the Ravens and the Bears. And so I knew it like Daryl Drake, you know, great receivers coach, rest in peace. Uh, he took the time. David Shaw, you know, head mm-hmm. coach of Stanford. He's my receivers coach. He took the time to talk to all of us, uh, whether we were on the plane, on the road, whatever. And so that's the way I did it as well. I wanted to talk to all the receivers from Pierre to Roy to Reggie to Marvin, like whoever it was, I was going to have a chance to talk to him. But I knew guys like Roy. I'm like, man, like I can help you figure out where you fit in in this team. And, and I, you know, it clearly helped Roy mentally and helped him show up every day happy. But I think that's the other key for this, too, is you find out how your players learn and then you give them those tools. So if you know this guy's a notebook guy here, man, here's a notebook and a pen. Here's your tablet. But do you? That makes sense. Outstanding it, stuff. It speaks to like how many backups are head coaches now. They were backups Correct. in the NFL in college. So yep. that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, Ron Johnson will uh, host the roundtable tomorrow. That'll be Reggie Wilson, Luke Inman, myself. We're talking maybe some top five running backs in NFL history. Maybe man, some, that's uh, a, that's still a tough. I don't I don't know yeah. how I even get that like that. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put that together today. We'll toil top five over zombies. It. Let's hey, do there you go. We know Sam doesn't watch movies, though. I don't know if you know that, Arif and Luke. Oh, I would Sam, 100% know that. Sam doesn't watch movies. So we can't even talk about, like, top zombie movies because Sam's like, oh, I've never seen it. I don't know. <laughs> I Am Legend. I Am Legend's pretty good. That's Okay, there got. you go, Which Sam. One? There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Smith. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, helicopter scene. He's I'm still about- wondering though, was Will Smith the outbreak monkey? Like, I never truly understood that because he would get bit and he didn't turn. So I'm wondering, was like, his the start? Was his blood... <laughs> The start of the outbreak because he was testing the things on himself. Like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, he was testing. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I think he was the outbreak monkey. Like I think he started been. that. <laughs> Which um, do you know? Yeah. The outbreak monkey comes from Sam. Do you know what movie that's from? No. Yeah. See. Contagion. Oh. Oh. Look at you. Oh my gosh. Wow. Was that right? Yes. Yeah. Did you actually see it though, or have you just no. heard that? Just heard of it. <laughs> that was a complete guess. Good that's how good I roll work. though. Thank you. Also, um, twenty-eight days later. Yeah, did that, that monkey win a, an uh, uh, Emmy? Like, I always wondered that too. Pr- probably not. <laughs> <laughs> at three, Ron Johnson on Twitter. At three, Ron Johnson on Twitter. Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Ron Johnson show. Great guests and uh, a great lineup next week, including the Vikings' new fullback Zach Ogilvy. We'll be recording with him tomorrow. Thanks. I said a lot, his Ron. name like four different ways too, Sam. Perfect. Yeah, we got to figure that Zanti one out. Shanko. I will say uh, a little teaser. Brevin Span Ford just texted me. He's going to join the Ron Johnson show, as well oh, as Jacquez Green, fantastic. former Florida Gator, teammate of Redale Anthony and Ike Hilliard. So he just, as well, he said their last spring game is this Friday, so he'll be free in the next two weeks. So got two good ones on the hook coming on uh, soon. Yeah, that's big that's time. Awesome. awesome stuff. Thanks a lot, uh, Ron. We appreciate your time, as always. No, thank you. And that will be a wrap on today's Minnesota football party on Locked On Sports Minnesota Roundtable tomorrow. Football party returns on Monday with Arif and with Luke. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for subscribing here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Until next time, so long. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.